Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Viewers, listeners from wherever you're watching, um, may peace be upon you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi How are you? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. How are you? Alhamdulillah, Shaykh. How's your day been? Busy. Goodness Busy. me. You're running around? Oh, goodness me. Our live classes are MII going well. They're going well. Alhamdulillah. All a few parents Alhamdulillah. to get their kids on. Alhamdulillah, we had a really good turnout today. Alhamdulillah. Really Shaykh, that's what it looks nice, Shaykh. Alhamdulillah, it's wonderful. It looks like <laughs> it's matching your topi too. Um, yeah, Alhamdulillah. You want to tell them where it's from, Sheikh? This we is from a... the Sira Intensive. We've had three annual Sira Intensives with our beloved Sheikh Abdullah Wahid, which uh, which uh, the first two we had at Unity Center in Bloomfield Hills here in Michigan, and the last year's. Uh, Sira Intensive was at our local Masjid IAGD. Alhamdulillah. It was beautiful. Sira Intensives are my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, events that we have. I can't say my favorite because every event becomes a favorite when it finishes, right? But before yeah, it happens, yeah. it's always difficult. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, should we jump right into it? Go ahead, Sheikh. You're saying yeah, to me, sorry. No, the, the, there's a lot of barakah in the, in the Sira Intensive. MashaAllah, we had so many people who came into our Miftah program because of that. Not only that, we had a few uh, testimonies of uh, them seeing the Prophet wasallam during or after the Seerah intensive. So Alhamdulillah, a lot of barakah, a lot of hard work from Mufti Saab and his uh, volunteers also. MashaAllah, big shout out to them. Beautiful event, man. Um, Sheikh, so, so just just the crowd knows, everyone knows. Uh, first of all, Zakla Khair for joining. Please do say salam as you join. Uh, our time has, we changed it to 9.30 because of Maghrib Salah and obviously being Shawwal, many people are fasting um, and you know they have to break their fast. Some, alhamdulillah, massages have also opened back up so people go for Maghrib Salat and come back. So we decided to move it to 9.30. We apologize for the inconvenience if it was for you or your families. But we will be ending by 10.15, right? That's the, that's the, that's our end time. Uh, and if we get past it, just remind us. Sheikh, please remind me, okay? I know sometimes I get carried away. Yeah, so, yeah. Sheikh, Right? We can't get away. Bismillah. <laughs> uh, so yesterday, yesterday, or sorry, last last Monday, we spoke about the first three verses of Surah Fatiha. Uh, we spoke about Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawmiddin. For, for people that are joining again, this is called the daily recitals because we are covering surahs in, in verses that we recite on a daily basis. And these surahs and these verses should require a special attention from us. And for that, we have to understand the background of it, the overview of it, the translation of it. And we started off with Surah Fatiha, obviously being the surah that we, should, we all recite uh, at least 17 times a day in our salat. So the first three verses were covered last week. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawmiddin. These three verses are, I'll jump right into it, an absolute introduction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a complete introduction. Uh, if somebody asks us, uh, you know, who is Allah, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. The answer is Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. Allah is the Lord of the entire world or worlds. Allah is the Lord of all the creation as we mentioned last week. You can watch the last week's session to get more detail about these three verses. Uh, he is the Lord or Master. We should not get scared because He's Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He is extremely forgiving and merciful. And number three, we should not take advantage of him because he's also Maliki Yawmiddin. There is a, there, there a balance of justice. Allah has created a balance in this world. And that balance is what keeps the world going. And, and, and the hereafter, Allah will, uh, Allah will manifest that justice upon his creation. Those that, re, that, those that are, are earn the wrath of Allah will be shown that as a justice. And those that earn the mercy of Allah will also be from Allah's mercy and Allah's justice. So that's the first three verses, right? So, Shaykh, doesn't it happen sometimes where you're extremely nice and students start taking advantage of you? Has that happened to you before? Always. Shaykh, <laughs> how so? You always get taken advantage of, especially right. of being maybe overly merciful on them, that they may actually take that as a weakness in a you. A weakness. Yeah, that you may not be able to stand up when it's needed to be yeah. 
and uh, we've seen that a few times happening wherever you go happens we, we had that in our school once Sheikh at MI we had a teacher that came I'm not gonna mention his name he was he was a doctor right PhD oh, yeah, it's a Sheikh <laughs> so he, he so he came and he said to uh, and we told him like you know our student you, you, know, you have to have a balance he said no no my, my way of teaching in college is I'm extremely kind and and gentle and I remember saying to him that you know you have to be careful with these kids you know I, I mean these are these are not college kids they're high school kids and uh, you know you have to you know, put your foot down at times. He said, no, Mufti, I know how to deal with kids. I've been doing this for a long time. Sheikh, what, you know, it didn't go too well for him, right? Because... Yeah, I heard, I heard about that. Yeah, the students started thinking... Oh, was, was this during my reign or before my reign? At the end of your reign. It was at the end of your reign. He was oh, still there. Uh, I'm he still was, here, though. <laughs> he was still there. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I, okay, okay. Now that's I know. Allah says that, yeah, that's, Sheikh, that's the importance of... You're balancing that justice, that Allah is also just, yeah, right? Yeah. Sheikh, what is the next verse talking about? If you just talk about it for a few minutes and I'll jump so right the in. The next verse, which is is talking about you alone we worship and you alone we ask for help. Just like Mufti Saab said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the first three verses introduces himself. And people have said, scholars have said that when you fall in love with something, it's due to three factors. And in Arabic, all three of them, they rhyme. Mm -hmm. It's due to the person's Jamal, Kamal, or Nawal. Mm -hmm. Jamal is the person's beauty, outer uh, beauty of the person, or could be the object as well. The second is Kamal, the, per, no, the perfection of something. So when you see a footballer, a soccer player, American footballer, or uh, what's the other, what's the other sport? Basketball. You've been here for a while, Sheikh. Basketball. 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 All you talk about is base, baseball. Baseball, but baseball is the national sport. But I can't get into baseball. Baseball. But when you see, when you see the likes of uh, of uh, LeBron James, we call him King James here, and uh, it's just amazing what they can do. Yeah. And when you Come see, on. you know, it's amazing. That's the Kamal and then Nawal. People have done favor on you. Mm -hmm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done all three of them for us. Oh, Allah's Jamal, he means beautiful. Beauty, yes, beautiful. And then the last one is Nawal, somebody who has done favor on you. Oh, so whenever you stand for prayer, you always think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the amount of favors he's done for us. So much is done for us. We got so much to be thankful for, and uh, just like Mufti Saab said, to strike that balance between J Jalal and Jamal, the majesty and beauty is very tough. I find it really tough. Uh -huh. I I I go to extremes, and uh, kind maybe of. I'm too kind sometimes. And when I'm really like get upset, you get uh, it, it's really it's not really it's not good. Alhamdulillah, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen you upset yet. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Just on the soccer field, just on the <laughs> soccer field. I've, I've retired though, so. Yeah, subhanAllah, Sheikh, what you said, like, people, so you love something for someone for three, Jamal, right? Uh, Kamal and Nawal. So Jamal, in Allah, Jameel, yuhibbul Jamal. Allah yes. is all beauty. Allah is beautiful from all angles and he he loves beauty. People may say, where do I find the beauty of Allah? The beauty of Allah is within you. The beauty of Allah is... Uh, beauty of Allah is there's, there's, there's all these signs around the world The beautiful sunrise that you see The beautiful sunshine that you see The beautiful rainbow that you see The beautiful rainfall that you see Is all a manifestation of Allah's qudra Allah's creation So when I say subhanallah That's because we don't You know when you praise a, when you pay, praise a painting Shaykh are we, pra yeah. are we praising the painting Or are we praising the artist Yeah, We're praising the artist Artist, yeah. so anything you see is a display of Allah's beauty, right? Therefore, calling something or someone specifically derogative terms such as ugly or hideous is extremely it's 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 unacceptable because what well, Allah created that person as well. Allah created that person that you're referring that name to, right? How can that person as Allah is the artist, right? Who al musawwir? He is the one that fashioned that person. Right? And if I take arrogance or pride over the way I was created, that is the most you know, uh, uh, feeble thing to take pride over. What did I do to look like this? Or what did he or she do to look like that? Nothing. It was, it was all natural, right? 
So just, yeah. just if someone asks, like, what is Jamal? Jamal is everywhere, all around us in that sense, right, Sheikh? Sorry, should yeah. I cut you off? You were talking about something else. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I, even when uh, even when you go to the masjid, you stand outside. I've done this a few times, especially in the summer. Even go for small walks. I take my uh, uh, Omar in mm. our stroller for the people in, in, in England. We call them the prams. Pram? So, pram. Sure. Yeah, we call them in the pram. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah, even walking across and seeing the different types of trees and the conifers and then the evergreen trees and then he hearing the birds my uh, Omar he, he loves uh, nature especially animals mm -hmm. I think all kids do okay so he loves the 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 sound and the singing of the birds so alhamdulillah it's beautiful just take a moment out you know take a moment out walk outside and just hear Maybe for Fajr or Maghrib prayer, hear the birds just singing the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also when we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I was at IAGD once. I'm just going to mention this and inshallah I'll turn it over to Mufti Saab. One of the uncles, he was telling me he's going for Umrah. I said, mashallah, Mubarak, you know. Then he told me the special occasion, why? He's going. He says, uh, my daughter was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. Doctor said, you know, she's she doesn't have long to live. He says the whole family got up for the hajjud. Must have been a few nights that they had prayed. Just got up for the hajjud and just plead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, you know, daughter's gonna go, sister's gonna go, auntie's gonna go, Ya Allah cure her. And out of the blue. She came, she became better. SubhanAllah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, she was she, in Michigan. In Michigan and our IAGD. And that's the power when you are your you're just in utter need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You just wake up in them intimate times that you're gonna be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You raise your hands and there'll be miracles that work. Miracles. Ajib. People that are around us. Have told us these these beautiful stories, and just over the weekend, Alhamdulillah, met um, her husband and herself. At that time, she was told that she's never going to be able to have children. And yesterday, I asked her husband, "How many children do you have now?" For wow, so I'm like, you know, Allah's Kareem. Who are we to say things? Eh? When Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gives him so, he's so merciful. He gives him so. That, 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 that's just the exact that you're 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 jumping into the ayah of talking about asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that how that that treasure never is 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 infinite in a sense, right, Sheikh? Right? Yeah. Like it's it can it never finishes. So I mean like just when I think about this ayah, the first thing I think about Sheikh is actually like the sigha which is being used. The sigha which is being used is the, the the this first person, So what's happening here for those that this is this is a concept in tafsir where where the 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 actual voice changes. Salamullah bijan. How you doing, bijan? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. We're just we're just jumping into So we're just gonna. I'm listening to you guys. I'm, I'm just here to listen. No, We need the wahwas and and and, and uh, uh, people to get into that. So what we get from that is Allah starts off by saying these attributes of his that he is the Lord, don't be scared, I'm merciful, but don't take advantage because I'm also just. After understanding the introduction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after understanding these three essential qualities of Allah, every single human being comes to the exact same conclusion. And that conclusion is Oh Allah, we, we have become your slave. Allah is not saying, U'budu, become my slave. Allah is not saying, U'budu, worship me. We ourselves say, Iyaka na'budu. Ya Allah, after knowing, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, when someone's cooking for you or someone's giving you uh, food and the person is pumping it up like, yo, I can cook like this and I can do this and I can do that. And after they give you that beautiful, that, that meal or that dessert, and at the end, like, I, I accept, I accept. Man, that was some really good food. So we say, Allah, we accept, na'budu, that we have no choice 
but we naturally want to worship you. And there's a difference when if Allah would have commanded us, it would have given us a choice. But the moment we say we worship you, we're held at a different level of responsibility. Like, oh no, no, now I said it myself. But we know that it's not possible without the aid of Allah. So we say, إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ That Allah, we need your help. We need your assistance. And we need your assistance throughout the whole journey. Right? It's not just for one part of the journey, it's the whole journey. And you know, it's interesting. Normally when you ask for help, Sheikh Bajan, you're asking for help for something specific. Like, you know, give me help. I seek help for you from you for something. Right? Um, that's not being said over here. It says, إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ Right? And the purpose behind that is, we are saying to Allah, oh Allah, I need your help in everything. I need your help in waking up in the morning. I need your help in going to sleep at night. I need your help to go to work. I need your help to you know, enjoy with my... I need your help in every single turn in my life. I cannot survive without it. And that's why that help comes from my worship. Some people, people always ask that, what is the balance of making an effort and asking for help? Some people, all they do is make dua. Others, all they do is make their own effort and reflect their success to their own effort. So Allah strikes this balance that first you have to make your own effort. And then at the same time, you have to ask Allah for help. And when these two things come in a common thread, then you find success in life. And in, in, if I can say the linguistic behind the word isti'ana, isti'ana doesn't just mean help. Because there are so many words in the Arabic language, al-nasr, al-imdad, al-musa'ada, which all refer to help. But isti'ana actually means seeking help while you are already in, involved in the effort. You're already involved in the effort. So for example, I'm trying so, to... Pick, yeah, I, it's like someone's already doing something now, they just need extra help. They need a push, right? They need a push. Interesting. It's like, you know, a person... Like, yeah, I, I, I can refer to this a lot because you're always asking me to put help you, but you're yeah, already I'm, involved. Yeah, so I'm not, yeah, I, hopefully I am. If I'm not, that means I'm just hustling you, right? Oh, uh, yeah. That happened too. So, so like, well, example, I mean, that's life. We, we all, you know, we all, we all hustle each other. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, the fact is, like, for example, like, if, if a person is putting on a tire, like, they get a flat tire. Vision, it happened to you recently, right? Yeah, uh, don't talk about my flat tire stories, please. Okay, I will tell you, flat tire. Traumatizing, yeah. But, but so if you get a flat tire, you pull up to the side of the road. And you start getting your jack and you start you know, getting your spare tire and fixing it. But it's you're struggling. Someone stops off. You say, can you help me? That's called istiana. That person will help you because he sees you're struggling or she sees you're struggling. Another is a person sitting in this car just waiting. And like, yo, yo, can you take you know, my jack's in the back and the spare tire is there. Knock yourself out. The guy's going to knock you out. Like, right? But you're like, what are, you, what are you talking about, bro? Like, you want my help? Help yourself first. Then I can help you. Yeah. That's what istiana is. Istiana is when I get involved in the effort. And then I reflect back to Allah, Ya Allah, I can't do it myself. Take my hand and finish it off for me. That's iyakana. But this happens when this is a natural progression of understanding these three, first, three verses of Allah. Oh Allah, you're the most merciful. Oh Allah, you are the most just. Oh Allah, I have to worship you, but I can't do it without your help. It's a conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Bajan, you want to add anything to this ayah? is a very interesting ayah. Did you tell them, did you tell the crowd how, how every verse is, Allah replies? No, every, we didn't talk about that today. Yeah, um, that's something very interesting because every single, this is one of those surahs that, you know, the only surah in the Quran that when you read an ayah, right, Allah is replied, Allah replies to this ayah. You know, uh, you know, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen is divided between you and Allah. It's like a discussion. Imagine you talking to Allah and Allah replying back to you, but you just can't hear it, right? When a person, when the servant says, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Allah says, Hamidani Abdi. All praise is due to Allah, who's the, the master of the universe, universe, and all the universe in the world. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hamidani Abdi, my servant praise me. It's so beautiful that Allah is saying that we praised him. Then when a human says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most merciful, the most compassionate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Athna alayya abdi. My, my, my servant has, you know, praised me or glorified me. The right word would be glorified. He glorified. She had glorified me. Now, this is happening every time we say this. And then when the human says, Maliki yomiddin. There are five different ways that Allah has been called upon in these three ayahs. Five. You said this, right, Mufti Sahib? Allah, Rabb, Rahman, Rahim, and Malik. Malik. Five. 
Five things. And you've called him out five times. You've recognized he's Allah. Right? You've recognized he's your Rabb. He's recognized that he's Rahman. He's Rahim. He's everything. Once you've recognized that he's in control of all your affairs, you Allah says, Athna Ali Then Allah says, then the human says, Maliki Yomiddin. That uh, oh Allah, you know, you are the king of the day of judgment. You know, the, I mean, on that day that nobody shares any form of ownership. This is very specific, right? In this world, there are some people for a moment they might share some part of this world's leadership. On the day of judgment, <laughs> even in this world, nobody shares it with Allah. You know, Allah. If there wasn't if there was a counterpart, this world would not exist to God. It's not like there is any counterpart to God in this world, but there is some form this, this earth belongs to God, but God gives portion of it in, in, in a sense of how they can provide the just justice and, and fairness anyway. So Allah and on the day of judgment is Malik. It's a very interesting word because one of the first things God is going to say on the day of judgment, when everything comes to an end, everything perishes. Mufti Sahib, Mufti Abdul Wahab, Shaykh Shaykh, one of the first things God's going to say, Allah is going to say, Lima nil mulkul yawm. Who's the king today? Who's the king today? Lima nil mulkul yawm. And there will be no reply for for 500 years. The scholars, it will be silence. All the souls have been taken. No angels, no humans, no creation. Allah said, Lima nil mulkul yawm. 500 years, you know. So sometimes, you know, when sometimes brothers get into a fight and they go, Who's the boss, huh? Who's the boss? No one's answering, right? And it, just, it happens and everyone's quiet. And the father is speaking, the mother is speaking. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, who's the boss? You know, who is it? And now after 500 years, Allah says, Lillahi al-wahid al-qahar. It belongs to Allah alone, the one and unique who is most powerful. When the servant says the praise of Malik, Allah says, Majjadani abdi. My servant has exalted me. That's exalting Allah. Giving that control over the world and the future of Akhirah. Now, after praising Allah, the human says, I only worship you. I only seek your assistance. Now, this is interesting. Allah says, This is this this ayah, we, we share 50% shareholders. <laughs> like we share uh, an, an interest in this ayah. So Allah says, Wali Abdi ma sa'al. I will give my servant whatever he or she requests and supplicates. Uh, my father, Abu said this well. Abu, my dad I gave an example of very nicely. You know, he said, You first work, then you come and take your paycheck. Hmm. You work for it. You know, like you you do your part. Here in Iyakan Abdu, same thing. You've done your you've done your part. Now ask Allah. See how Allah will answer your dua. Many of us have not even done our part. We haven't even done our part. And we do like one, you know, one portion of it in Lilatul Qadr. <laughs> wow. We're not like, I've done it all. I worshipped Allah for, you know, one, uh, ten, you know, how many months? Uh, 83 years, you know? You know, I've done I've done so many, so much ibadah. And, and we, we start to feel this entitlement to asking God for whatever we want. And then we don't get it. Then we feel, we start questioning his authority. See what's going on? Yeah. Imagine those who serve Allah, how their du'as are accepted. Like Mufti Sahib is saying, serving and then asking. A lot of times we don't serve him. We just come and ask him. This is why the best du'a is a du'a after service. After salah, right? Um, after hajj, you know? You're mm -hmm. concluding your hajj. You're reading the du'a. And the end of the hajj ayat, Mufti Abdullah, Mufti Sahib. And the end of Hajj ayat, even in the concept of Hajj, you have the dua of Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. It's in the Quran. The way the way the ayah is placed is in the end of the discussion of Hajj, not in the beginning. Even in in, in Ramadan, in the end of the discussion of Ramadan, right? Quran, the ayah of dua is placed in the end of it, where Allah speaks about, or in the middle, you could say, because then the ahkam of Siyam. Right? Allah likes you to put your hours in, then say, bring your, you know, not bring your hours. 
you know, then you can get then you can get the check. Then you can get uh, the balance. Similarly, there is a there's a there's a there's a stronger feeling when you know you've done your part. You know Allah will never let Allah will never let you down. Um, Allah will never let you down. And once you've done your part, you will see that you will start to demand from Allah only what is befitting for, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, you'll start to realize maybe asking for such a thing is actually too or very strong dunya-minded. Allah, it's, it could, you can start to relate to this ayah more. I'm worshipping him, but I'm asking him for, you know, for something that's not, that is contradictory to my worship, you know. So it's, it's really important that we put in our time, we put in our hours, we put in our momentum, our energy. Now you ask Allah, you see what happens. Allah says, I'm going to give you wali abdi ma sa'al. And then the human says, There's a whole dua here. So Mufti Sahib, go ahead. That was my Yeah, Sheikh uh, Ishtiaq, why don't you take us forward? That's, we, have, we still have a few verses left. We don't have that much time left. Um, can you take us forward towards Ihdina Salat al-Mustaqim? Yeah. Moving on to the next ayah, Ihdina Salat al-Mustaqim. Again, one of the greatest hidayahs for us is the Salah itself. Mm. So why is it that we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again? Shows a straight path. So Imam Raghib Asfahani, he, he mentions that there are three degrees of guidance. Mm. The first degree of guidance is for everything. Everything, including the trees, including the sky, including the minerals, everything. Allah Subhanahu speaks about Allah created everything, then He guided everything. That's that, sorry, Shaykh, I was just, that, that's the first one, right? Yeah, that was the first one. The second degree is a guidance that's not general but particular. And that's particular for the people that are, called, that are rational. That is men and jinn. Okay, that's the second type. And then we got the third type of uh, the third type of of uh, guidance is in particular for the true believers. So there's three types. First is just general for everyone. The second is the that's particular just for the human beings and the jinn. And then the third is special for the human beings, meaning the true believers. And the next couple, the next ayah is going to explain to us who they are. But inshallah, I want to, I want to hear from you guys as well. Sheikh, go ahead. Talk about the next ayah as well. Then we'll jump. I'll jump in after. Sheikh, we don't want to hear you. We don't want to hear us anymore. No, we want to hear you guys. I just, I just, it's just a lot of times it's interesting. This is, I think, uh, this is, this is the conclusion of the surah. This is the concluding yeah. verses, you know. And this surah teaches us how to even ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praise Allah. And tell Allah that I've done my part too. And I'm trying my best. Oh, Allah, you know, like, I've just done this fast, Ya Allah. I'm coming to the end of my fast. I'm starving. Please accept my dua, you know? So mm-hmm. you're doing the greatest worship. You're reading the best surah. One of the, be- the, one of the best surah in the Quran, Surah Fatiha. Mufti Sahib talked about, the, Mufti Dua talked about the virtues of the surah. Now you're asking for something. You could ask for anything, right? This is, this is salah. This is dua. You ask for anything. But you're asking for guidance. And if you think about most of, most of the time, people who are praying are people who are already, already guided. Most of the time, when people are praying, they're already guided, mm-hmm. right? Prophets were making this dua. Prophet Sallallahu Abu Bakr, the Imams, the um, the awliya, the pious men and women that came before us. And like you said, why are we asking for more guidance? Like, are we not already guided, right? And that's where the the question comes of the righteous people is that uh, is that they want to have thabat, firmness, istiqama. Oh Allah, can, can you please just keep us firm on this path? Because we don't we don't know when we can slip. So that ihdina, you know, ihdina every time eight seventy. You know the beautiful thing is Sheikh Shtiak is that the if you're praying in praying in jama'ah and everyone is praying with the Imam and Ihdina Salat al Mustaqim, and say you're in Haram or you're in a big masjid or a small mosque anywhere, and the congregation says Ameen to this, Ameen to it. You were not even paying attention, but Allah guided you because of Amin of the group. Just so many people said Amin to it. Do you know how many people are saying Amin to Ihdina Salat al So many people. If we can just come in in a, in, a, in, a, in a fraction of that, oh God, just include me in their Amin. Mm-hmm. Amin, khalas, 
Yeah, not not only here the the believers are saying Amin, the angels around us are saying Amin as well. Yeah, everyone, everyone is saying Amin. So I mean, like it's a very interesting yeah. transition, right, Sheikh? Like, so we go from First of all, the 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 first thing that we the first part that so the surah is broken like perfectly into half. It's very interesting. The first three verses are for Allah. The last three verses are for us. Correct. In the middle verse is broken into half. So you literally have a perfect مثاني, right? seven verses. The one thing that is found consistent throughout the Quran is this form of ibadah. You know one thing we have to mention over here is the 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 sayha or the or the or the uh, form of a verb that is being used over here is of uh, the plural sayha. Like we na'budu, we will worship you together. We will seek your help together. What we find in that is there's strength in numbers, man. There's strength in the in our communities being together. There's strength in unity, right? Mm -hmm. So na'budu means that we all have to make it there together. There is no virtue if we make it without with others slipping away from our hands. Everyone has to make it there together in one group. Allah, help us not get me there. Help us all get there together. Now, we're asking for help for everything. But specifically, Ya Allah, ihdina. Specifically, we need help for guidance, right? And, and it's very interesting. Once again, like I don't want to bore everyone, but there are words, there are other words in the Quran which are also used for guidance. And Shaykh, you, you, you touched upon this with the three types of guidance. There are other words, like Ar-Rushd. Ar-Rushd also means guidance. Uh, and Allah speaks about this in different parts of the Quran as well. Right? Which it also refers to guidance. Muftita, we also want, we also want to tell the crowd like that, you know, when we don't have guidance, we have nothing. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's like if a person doesn't know where they're going in life, it's just you have you don't you have no direction in life. You know, yeah. then the concept of sirat, and you can talk about that, right? But that the whole point is just like Sorry. if it's hidayah, like if if a student doesn't know what he's pursuing or she's pursuing in college, man, they're just wasting time. Imagine if a person doesn't know what they're pursuing in life. Um, Imagine if a person you know doesn't know their perspective in life. It's such a tragedy. Imagine a imagine a, a house that has in a lot of the you know self development courses about. Regaining your perspective, and <laughs> like guys, man, you need to read Fatiha for self, you know, self, you know, self development. Like, really, like, how are you going to gain any form of confidence? You might have a momentarily, you might experience momentary, you know, per, like perspective in life. I'm, I'm living to, you know, grow a greenhouse. I'm living for global climate change, and I'm living for. I, okay, fine. What if you're not able to? Fulfill that, but there is a perspective in life. Guidance, guidance is so important, and there is no greater loss for a parent than the misguidance of a child. There is no greater, you know, halak or destruction than anyone than just being misguided by someone. So oh. it's important that we we, we when we make the blessing of guidance in itself. It's so important, right. like you know, like what that's the first thing we said, Alhamdulillah, because we're standing with we're standing here in in the form of guidance. So, and that's what we're that's also when we're talking about help, we're saying that Allah, the thing that we need the most is hidayah. You know, I say this about myself, I'm not saying this about anyone else. I really I question if really do we really want guidance? You know, like it's like why don't you make better friends? Do we really want to make righteous friends? You know, do we really want guidance? If we're from half of our mouth asking for guidance and the other half of our mouth we're doing everything wrong, are we being sincere? Like are we truly looking for guidance? Like or we just, you know, lip service. I think if you put our mind and our heart and our mouth together, guidance can come. It's, it's right there. It's waiting for us. And it's, and it's something that, like, nobody else, like, you know, the concept of, oh, which is like a dalan fahada. That even the Prophet, وسلم, Allah says to him, that you are also not upon guidance. You are dalan fahada. And guidance was given to you through Nabuwa. Through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, when people say, Ihdina Salat al-Mustaqeem, what does it really mean? Ihdina is like LeBron James, when he came into the NBA, he only knows how to drive in and make, make a layup and dunk the ball. He doesn't have a jump shot. He doesn't have a step back. But him saying Ihdina in his basketball, is, Yo, I want a better jump shot. I want, I want a three-pointer. 
I want to learn how to take a step back. Diversify my game. Diversify my game so I can hit you in different ways. I'm not sure which way I'll need at a different time. So saying ihdina means, oh Allah, I'm good at fasting, but I don't know how to pray properly. Or I'm good at praying, but I'm still, I still find myself struggling to give charity. Or I know how to give charity, but I don't know how to lose that, 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 that the ostentation that is attached to it. Ihdina is diversifying our portfolio to give it to Allah on the Day of Judgment as our resume. The intricate word of ihdina means, Oh Allah, don't just guide me. How Imam Fakhuddin Raza says, ihdina means, like there's there's a person that is traveling, like you know sometimes we're traveling out of, out of town in other, other parts of Michigan, Sheikh, other parts of England, and you get lost. You say, hey man, can you tell me where to go? Where's Walmart? And the brother can say, or the sister can say, hey, in, in, in Pakistan they do it in different ways. Right? I can't, I'm not going to try to copy the Punjabi that's, that, that, that's, that's used over there. But they say, go straight, take a right, and then when you see this light, take a left, and then go straight for another mile, you'll find it's this. All, it's all landmarks. It's all landmarks. But that's one guy. That's also guidance. You can't say the guy didn't guide me. But another person is, you want to know where Walmart is? Yo, follow me. I'll take follow you. Follow me, I'll take you there. I'll take you there. Hidayah is us saying to Allah, we want ma'iyyat. Allah, we want to be ma'as sabirin, ma'al muttaqin, ma'al muhsineen. Ask Allah to hold my hand. Hold my hand and walk with it. Take me to the gates of Jannah, figuratively. That's what ihdina means. As-sirat, again, there are many words for a line. I'm really interested on the whole tafsir. I wanted to hear your perspective on as-sirat. What is your perspective on sirat? Sheikh, you can talk about it after. Sirat has many meanings. There's many words for the meaning, the word pathway. There's a shari' al-tariq, right? You know, can you tell us the difference a little bit? I'm going to tell you the difference of a sirat. Why is sirat different for, right? We're saying, oh Allah, guide me to the sirat. Sirat is a pathway that does not go from, you know, it's not horizontal, it's vertical. Sirat is used generally for pathways that are vertical. Like I'm climbing up a mountain, you call that sirat. Mm -hmm. So when I'm saying guide me, I'm not talking about the temporary guidance that is required to live in this world, like to get to one place to another. I'm talking about the guidance that takes my soul to Jannah, that takes me up. Sirat is that path which takes me higher. The higher we go, two things happen. Number one, the scarier the drop is. So you have to mm. become more careful the more pious you become and mm. not more arrogant. Number two, the smaller the things look in front of you, the things of the world look smaller to you. Insignificant. You've gone higher. The higher you go. If you're on top of CN Tower or Sears Tower in Chicago, you look down, those cars look tiny. So as we're ascending towards Allah's mercy, we're going higher, everything looks smaller. It looks like it's nothing. That car, that house, it's not, because now issues, we're issues, life, life, life issues, life problems. In general, yeah. becomes like insignificant, right? And mustaqim is supplementing that meaning. That it also means standing, istiqam. That will Allah guide me on that path which is narrow, which is tight, which is difficult to maneuver in. But the path which goes directly to you, that keeps me straight to reach you. Salat al anamta alayhim. But can we not just Shaykh Ishtiyaq add on to Salat al anamta alayhim and yep. then you can finish us, finish us off and I can add on to it if, if there's a need? Yes, so Mufti Sahib, we've got another six minutes left, as we know, I'm very particular with time. <laughs> we have so, to be. so, Alhamdulillah, we've got the last ayah left. And uh, what is the straight path? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells in Surah Nisa where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says الَّذِينَ أَنْأَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّيكِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ Those blessed by Allah, the prophets, the people of truth, the martyrs and the righteous. We know the rank of the prophets we can't get. Mm. Shuhada is another rank, which is very special rank. And just like somebody was mentioning here, when you're going out to earn a halal means for your, for your family, you're also in the Fisa Bidillah. So we have to remind ourselves of waking up 7 o'clock in the morning, getting ready, out of the door by 8, going to work, mm-hmm. thinking and all. But every single moment that you're spending at work, if you have the right intention, you're in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't forget this subtle beautiful rewards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has got for us and even for a student as well 
We had students came up to us when you were at the University of Michigan as a chaplain. It's amazing. He would say, why am I here? Mm. What am I here for? So then you have to explain to, to them that, listen, if you are doing this with the right intention, then you're going to see some beautiful fruits out of it. And we see a lot of the kids, you know, Alhamdulillah, during the last years of college, they do find someone very special. Mm-hmm. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides them to that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that tawfiq to be from, from the people of truth and the righteous. So, you know, also I wanted to add something about al-mustaqim. Mustaqim is also the shortest path. The shortest path. It's a vertical path. But the shortest path to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, you know. So there are long directions, and and mustaqim is where it's the al khat al mustaqim huwa aqsaru khat yasilu bin nuqtatain. It's the shortest path, you know. And sometimes you have the fastest and the shortest route. That is salat al mustaqim. So you don't have to take a detour to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You can go yourself, and it's easy. What what is the shortest path? Yeah, and the, yeah. I, I, you tell us. I want to hear your teacher's perspective. Yeah, our teacher was told by his father, Sheikh Mullah Ramadan Bhuti. He told his son, who is a, a great Naqshbandi Sheikh. He said to his Sheikh, he says, he says to his child, he says, even a person who may be cleaning the streets of Damascus could get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I want, to sh- I want to tell you the shortest way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is to seek knowledge. Wow. So, wow. That's what he said. The fa- and, that, and, I, and that's what the Prophet sallallahu said. Man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilman sahala allahu lahu tariqan al-jannah. Anyone that seeks the path of knowledge, Allah makes the path to jannah easy for them. Now it's basically you're surrounded by salihin. Right? One is like, I'm talking about the salihin. But when you start to seek knowledge, you're surrounded by salihin. It's like, I want to become a businessman or woman or in IT or medicine. Now you're surrounded by mindsets which are similar to you. Imagine, you know, uh, mindsets which are all looking for hidayah. You know, Mufti Abdul Rahman, Mufti Abdul Wahab, Sheikh Ishtiaq. You know, in this ayah, Sirat al Amta Alayn, you're not saying, Oh Allah, guide me to Jannah. ila Jannah. You're saying, Oh Allah, guide me to the people. Who are blessed and mm. alayhim. What does that mean? This this ummah is a ummah that doesn't or or that does not just depend on text, but also depends on how it was contextualized. So you can say, oh Allah, guide me through Quran. But we cannot Quran has to be explained through the embodiment of human beings. You know, and that those are prophets and those are the prized people. And that's why it's so important that even in the surah, it's very clear, an'amta. Those who you blessed, Mufti Abdullah, did you read this? I I I came, I I came across this before, but I just when I was preparing for this, I realized that anamta alayhim. If you do the mukhalif, you know, al fahm al mukhalif, you know, of the opposite understanding of this meaning, it means that people who do not follow these paths are not blessed. Mm-hmm. The the word is blessed. The word being blessed, right. basically, those non-Muslims who have material wealth and and popularity and so many followers and so many likes. You look at them, oh, they have a yacht. Oh, they have a beach house. Oh, they have a vacation home. Oh, they travel so much. But are they truly blessed? Are they really truly blessed? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about these people? Don't think these people are blessed. Even Muslims, sometimes we think we're blessed. We have all this wealth and all this popularity and all this um, good. It is a blessing if it's taking you to an'amta alayhim, you know, to the to the company of the righteous people otherwise you know it's scary that the same apparent blessing that we're counting could be something used against us which can become a baliya a musiba a hardship so we want to make sure the the gifts are god are translated into blessings and of course the greatest of anbiya so we follow the footsteps of the prophets mufti sab you want to finish this ayah also like i think the path of those that you know, Anamta, one of the meanings that Imam uh, rahimullah derives is also that Na'ima also can refer to easy and soft. Easy yeah. And soft. Yeah. So those that you allow to tread upon the path of success with ease. You made it oh, easy. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. Well, don't make it difficult for me to earn this path. Although you've already given me guidance, that's why I'm reading this surah. Don't allow this guidance to be stripped away from me. Those that believe and then they turn away, their hearts are sealed. So we're saying, oh Allah, give us that path of ease. Where we're walking with ease towards you. Don't, don't Being guided doesn't mean that we're going through difficulty. At the end, Allah says, also, Bajan, what you were saying, that your 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 surroundings is everything, right? Enter within my pious slaves, and then you will enter into Jannah. One of the ayahs of Surah Zilzal, Sheikh, I'll just take two more minutes, sorry. Is Allah speaking about the day of judgment, he says. When people will be put into ashtata, shatta means groups. Divided. They will be put into their own groups, divided into their own groups. Allah subhanahu wa says, just by them being divided into their groups, they will see their outcome. Because they know who they're with now. If, if, if on the day of judgment, if I'm being raised with people that I'm like, oh, yo, you were like, ah. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, when you pass an exam and your name is being called with specific students. Like, yeah, that kid, you know, I know he kills it. He's probably, he probably got an A plus. I'm with him. That's oh, And then Allah says, after that. But just by your surroundings, we know where we're going in life. Yep. We will be called with our own groups. At the end, Allah says, People always translate this as, don't make me amongst the alayhim uh, are the Jews, or the Christians. That's not what we're seeking a refuge from. But rather, we're seeking refuge from those two qualities. I seek refuge from being amongst those that had the ability and capacity to know, but I didn't know. Wow. I had the ability to learn, but they, I didn't or, know. or they were guided, and then and they, they, were, and they guided. Like you know, they were put in a position, they were given a position of prestige and honor in and the Jews particularly. They were prophets were sent, you know, uh consecutively. They had it all from when it came to dunya and it came to Islam and, and oneness of God. You had Moses, you had Aaron, you had uh, Yaqub, you had. Yeah, well, why do you gotta say them in, like in, in that? In that, why can't you just say Musa and Haru? You know, I want to, I want to say into the Gora accent. You know, Gora accent. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's. They had it all in, in sense of prophets. They had, you know, like, everything. Yeah, they used to say, you know, uh, they used to say that Allah won't punish us. God ain't gonna punish us. You know. Uh, and if he does, <laughs> you know, they said we're gonna go to hell, we're only going for a few days, you know, just for some time. That's how blessed they felt, so entitled. Allah said, No, they were not entitled, they got the knowledge, they had the company, and they neglected it. That's when you become maghdub. That's maghdub. Like you're a student of knowledge and you're still behaving like this. You are you're a Muslim that knows how to pray and fast and Knows and you're still ignoring, and Baalin is someone that just doesn't have knowledge. That's why, Bijan, there's, there's two dua, like there's some du'as the Prophet sought refuge for the opposite and sought to seek the actual objective. So, for example, he says, which is that Allah, I seek refuge from knowledge which does not benefit, right? Yeah, there's a hadith where the Prophet he says, that. Alaman Ilman Falam Yamalbihi. Scary, scary, scary. One of the, the, the person that will have the most regret on the day of judgment is a person that teaches somebody else something and they acted upon it and they earned Jannah, but they themselves didn't earn Jannah. Because scary. they never acted upon it themselves. May Allah protect us from being amongst those. Yeah, I think you said it right. We we shouldn't focus on the, the category that was criticized, but we should focus on the quality that was criticized. Right, how Abu Dhar will say it's real. Yeah, like a lot of times, people um, they, they just look over the shoulders at other people, but we have to identify do we have the same DNA? Like, how many khutbas have we heard? How many lectures have we heard? How many letters have we read? How many posts have we, you know, surfed? And still, we just continue to neglect. Oh, wallahi, wallahi, la talqasi, wallahi. 
How many? How many? Yeah, we didn't get a today. That's that's a wahwa moment. I know, man. It's not Urdu. You know, I don't got the Urdu ashar. You know, you know, I don't got the ikbal. But um, it's like you know, we have the so we have the minds which heard and hearts that understood, but even then we're so neglectful. It's a, we're living in an era where we're where we have so much knowledge, so much information, but still we're far away, and that that it's scary because that can cause the wrath of God to descend. So may Allah make us. Amongst those who practice, and then when we conclude with this, is that it's unfortunate that you know one of the scariest things is when, when people one of the reasons people get misguided is that they just don't have a, a, a source to learn from, mm-hmm. a source to access information when there's a lot of information, but the, you can't identify the right information. You know, um, I'll tell you, you know, if you um, when I came back from um, Pakistan, if you a uh, few last year in, in August, you know, before school started in September and after Hajj, I came back and I had some, I was ir- really, really irritated, you know, because I was back in America. I'm not, that's not the reason, but my skin was, you know, acting up. I was getting a little itchy and, and stuff. In America or in Pakistan? Over here in America, you know? And uh, I started, you know, I ignored it for the first few weeks and I started looking online, asking my wife who's into the medical field and asking, you know, Aziz and some physicians just on the, you know, on the, on the fly. And I, so you, when you are not, you're you're kind of in the in the dark spot. You, you want to know what's happening to your your skin, your body. Why is it reacting like this? Could have with anyone, you know. So I started googling things, reading um, research articles, um, in depth, uh, you know, archive discussions on this skin irritation. I did not want to go to the dermatologist. I, I I so you know, a few nights I started reading. During the day, I would read. I would be fine. But one day, I was really irritated. I started reading online. And when I started reading, man, my sleep was gone. You know, articles saying you might have blood cancer and you have leukemia, leukemia, whatever. They had all this like articles out there. And I, man, my wife was like, go to sleep. I was just reading, reading, reading. And it was interesting. And there could be 10 time um, uh, situations, 10 varieties of disease that you may have. And they're like, man, all of them, most of them were like, you know, life threatening. Yeah, life threatening. I was like, man. None of these articles are helping me. It just made me more fearful, like had through some anxiety. It's not like I'm scared to die, but like, you know, just kind of concerned about the health. So when you do this, even with the, in your physical health, it's problematic. Imagine if you do this for your spiritual well-being. Just go online and surf and just watch some videos and just get some, you know, confusing and contradicting information. It confuses you. Then you just kind of give up on, on, your, on your growth and development. So my wife wakes at Fajr time. She says to me, I think you should just go do a checkup, right? Do a, you know, go, 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 go check yourself up. So I called a doctor and, and I did, and, you know, and I had my blood tests and all the lab work done. But the reality is that when you are a Muslim and you cannot come to a conclusion on matters of Islam, you just don't find a lot of times people are just too arrogant to find the truth. Or number two, a lot of times people are afraid if they hear the truth, they will, they cannot practice like, Oh, don't tell me the ingredients are haram. Don't tell me this is not acceptable. Don't tell me. I'm, I'm better off not knowing. That's not right. But that's, that's one of Balin. Then you're just going to be misguided. And the scary thing about the end of time, Mufti Duhab, is that we're losing people to guide us. Mm-hmm. You know? Knowledge you know, will not leave us. Just all of a sudden, libraries will disappear. Or, no, we have so much access to knowledge. You know, but the way knowledge will leave is that the scholars will pass away. And when I tell scholars, I'm not talking about good speakers. Everyone in our community thinks if you are famous on YouTube, you must be a good scholar. And we're talking about, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the YouTube scholars. And I don't take anything away from the social media scholars. I'm talking about scholars who have the most following in the heavens. They got angels talking about them day and night. And many times nobody even talks about them in this world. They're very... You know, but there's nothing wrong to be publicly accepted in this world also. But the reality is that the righteous scholars who practice upon what they preach have disappeared. What happens then? People start to assume, oh, that's a good speaker. I can ask him. I can ask her. Oh, mashallah, they wrote on this article. You start asking people who, are, who don't even practice, you know, and they don't, you don't even have, they just... A very surface base of knowledge also. And now they're using them as guides. And they, they I saw them do this. Now I'm going to do this. You know what the funniest and the scariest thing is? I laugh at this. 
is that sometimes people assume that the righteous people around them, that they're very knowledgeable and they just imitate them, but they don't know what they're doing either. They're culturally brought up somewhere in some part of the world and that is not acceptable either. Islam is far more greater than a culture. So, and the last thing I want to say, Mufti Duhab, is that we need to follow guidance of righteous people, not just random people. And, you know, living in a Judeo-Christian society, this, this concept of imitating the Jews and the Christians, is also very important that our children get affected. We are asking Allah not, not to make us like the previous um, groups, the Christians and the Jews, who knew and they ignored, or they were not guided because of the ignorance. We're asking Allah protection from such behavior and such um, um, faults. At the same time, we are ready to embrace their practices. How many times living in this country, in America, United States, some, it, the, the, the practices of the Christians are creeping into our homes. I'm not saying, I mean, you, you have people arguing whether we should say Merry Christmas or not. Like, is that, you know, what, what's wrong with that? It's just we live in America, it's fine. Um, it's important, I say this all, all the time. And even Christianity is at this, at this argument that we're, they're losing, their, they talk about this all the time, like we're losing our foundation, our children are not practicing. The reason why they're not practicing is they're just following whatever's in hype in, in the media and social media. I have to say this to myself and my children. We live in this country, we're surrounded by most of the festivities are Christian or Judo-Christian based this country. We're not, we're not in Turkey, we're not in Pakistan. This is, where, this is our country, America. So we're going to see a lot of things are, are, which are so culture-based to their society. We have to navigate through this without imitating them, without you know, being impressed by them. And the way to do it is to be, be confident with your religion. And whenever your festivities come, your Eid, your holidays, your Ramadan, and you need to magnify it. You need to explore it. You need to make. You need to. Why? Why will children? Why will children ask you for Christmas gifts when you give them Eid gifts? You know, make the Islamic occasions something very special. You know, in New York they have holidays on Eid. Now there's this, this petition going on having holidays in Michigan on Eid. Where did this come from? Where Muslims start to own up to their holidays? If Muslims don't own up to their own religion, then the non-Muslims are like they don't need. They don't need it. Why should we even offer it to them? So I, we have to be proud Muslims. We have to have our identity. We don't need to imitate anyone. I find Muslims wearing cross, literally, a chain cross on their. I, I have Muslim, I know Muslim friends who had cross tattoos. I mean, having a tattoo was about itself. What are we trying to do? You know, and 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 sometimes we say things, oh, Jesus Christ, and like we say things that are borderline wrong. Because we're just so in in, 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 in in tune to the society. So we have to be very, um, very careful living in it. Surah Fatiha clarifies that it, it literally uproots any form of inclination to a society that was misguided by saying, You're asking for guidance, an ayah before, but if you look at our homes, it's all the, the mimics of the Jews and the Christians and their practices. You know, we watch their movies, we watch their shows, most likely listen to their songs. You know, their lyrics, it all has this, you know, you may say that society is not so religious, but there is so much in the words, even in their, their songs, there's something happening where it's influencing ourselves and our children. And we have Muslim homes, now they have Christmas trees in their house. The biggest Christmas tree in the world is in Dubai, right? It's in the Middle Eastern country. We don't want to talk about the controversial stuff. You guys, you guys, are you guys getting sponsored by Dubai? You guys have a yeah, sponsor. yeah, Dubai sponsoring you? Are you afraid? Are you afraid that if I say something about Dubai, that they 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 or, might or cut your sponsorship? <laughs> yeah, so inshallah, in the end, Amin. Every dua should have an Amin to it. Never, never get up and say and never say Amin. You know, sometimes people might even send you a text message, uh, and 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 they'll give you a dua. Say Amin. For example, Jazakallahu Khaira. Jazakallahu Khair. That's a dua. Say Amin. People don't do that. And, and, also, and also and also be a person that gives du'as. Oh yeah. Right? We don't, don't have like copy and paste messages for people. Like, you know, like, you know, subhanAllah, we'll talk about this another day because we've passed time. But, um, you know, how many people have we, how many people did we actually call an Eid in comparison to how many we did mass text, broadcast text with? Yeah. How many? I know not a lot, so I'm not gonna go into it in detail because it will take another ten minutes, and we're, we're we're hitting an hour and we're ending it. Just a recap of the surah: first 
three verses praising Allah, the fourth verse, the balance that, oh Allah, since you're so great, we worship you, but we seek your help for everything, but specifically guidance that you've already given us, but we want to stay on this and protect us from being people that A, become arrogant because of our knowledge or never understand that we're, we're ignorant anyways. So the two qualities which can make them misguided is arrogance and ignorance. The people of Mecca had ignorance and they were misguided. And the people of the, 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 the Jews of, of Medina were arrogant and they were misguided. So we're asking Allah to protect us from both the people of the Mushrikun of Medina, Mecca and the Yehud of, uh, of Medina who were also misguided. May Allah protect us from being amongst those people. And always say Ameen. Always say Ameen. May Allah guide us. May Allah protect us. You know, and, and, and I love it when you go to a masjid in the Arab community. And they go and, loud. And they say, Ameen, right? The kids are saying, Ameen. You know, Allah, Allah take that kids, Ameen, and, you know, throw it upon us, Ameen, inshallah. We ask Allah to guide us, protect us, and save us from our own nafs, save our children, yeah. save our families from the temptations of this dunya, and keep them guided, keep us guided. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that read Surah Fatiha daily, outside of Salah, in our and when Salah. You read it, and when we read it now, try to read it with this, this entire scene working in your background. And that's the... That is the most tangible benefit of it. If we're able to internalize the scene of Fatiha in our Salat, Khushu will go from one level to a level that we never imagined, inshallah. And that's our hope. And if, this will be on forever, inshallah, for a long time. So you can watch it over and over again, inshallah. And guys, uh, we, uh, Mufti Abdur Hab has a whole lineup every single night, 9.30 every night on the weekdays. We have a program. Please like, please share, please comment. Wherever you're tuning in from, if you're on social media, please comment. Tell us where you're from, what you have learned. And share this with your relatives and your friends. Tomorrow, Mufti uh, um, uh, Abdul Wahab will be doing a video premiere at 9, 9.30. Then on Wednesday, behind the scenes, myself and Mufti Abdul Rahman will be doing behind the scenes. And we're coming in to Surah Iqra, Surah Alaq. And that's a very interesting aspect of it. And then on Thursday, um, Family Matters with Mufti Abdul Rahman, uh, 9.30 premiere. And then on Friday, we do Friday Night Live. We had Sheikh Ubaidullah Evans last Friday. Very interesting conversation. And again, on Monday, Sheikh Shiyak, Mufti Abdul Wahab, then I just come in, show my colorful hats. But everyone, please um, join, share, like, and make dua for us. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh Shiyak, assalamu alaikum.